They may not play many shows and keep a low profile in the local music scene, but instrumental trio Velodrome are a force to be reckoned with. I interview the members of the band in the historic Grand Exchange building downtown. We talk about their sound, the way it's developed over more than a decade as a band, talk about the various projects that they've been involved with in the local music scene, and a lot more. Velodrome is playing a rare show this Saturday, which is actually today if you're listening to the podcast on the day it came out, with Agassi and the Leftists, the Handsome Daughter. It's the LP release show for Agassi, and it should be a blast. I want to give a huge shout out to Alice Lynn and Steve West, who are the latest patrons on our Patreon page. If you're not familiar, Patreon is a way that you can help the show out by pledging as little as a dollar a month towards the operating costs that go into making the show happen twice a week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash witchpolice, and you can sign up at whatever uh, dollar amount you feel like giving. It's completely voluntary. And if you're giving a dollar a month, that comes out to about 12 cents an episode. Although the podcast will always be free, it's just a good way to basically put a little tip in the guitar case uh, if you like what you're hearing. And uh, any funds collected through the Patreon are used towards paying the little bills and incidentals that go with making the podcast, and it's a huge help. So huge thank you to our latest patrons, to all of the patrons who have supported the show over the years, and even if you're not a patron and you're just listening to the show, I appreciate your support as well. Thanks for listening. I hope you tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way for Witch Police Radio to spread. Thanks. This episode of Witch Police Radio is brought to you by Demodash Effects, proudly built by hand in Winnipeg. Demodash is the makers of the T120 Videotape Echo, which is intended to give you the sound of a poorly aged, bargain bin, blank VHS cassette that was used some point in the early 90s to record a wedding or home movie. This is the sound of that tape now recovered from storage and inserted into an equally old and decrepit VCR. This is definitely one of the coolest pedals I've seen in a long time, from the design to the sound to really every aspect of it, including the way it's packaged. And it's made by a guy locally here in Winnipeg who happens to actually be my neighbor. He lives a few streets away, which we discovered um, recently, and I strongly encourage you to check it out. Very cool pedal. He makes everything by hand. Definitely worth looking into. You can go to demodashfx.com to find out more information, or you can find him on Instagram where he posts uh, all kinds of stuff about the newest projects he's working on. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the Park Theatre. To find out what great shows they have coming up, please visit myparktheatre.com. You're listening to Garbage Hill, one of its first podcast network. Radio. I'm in the uh, with the historic Grand Exchange building, I guess. I, I had no idea there was jam spaces up here, but apparently I've been missing out for the past, I don't know, decade or so. Yeah, maybe but, even longer. Uh, yeah, this is cool. I, I had no idea. That's one of the best things about doing the show the way I do it, where I just sort of visit people in their own environment, because, you know, sometimes I'm here, sometimes I'm in the back of someone's van, like, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a rooftop, whatever. It's always something different. So this is cool. I, I mean, this is probably... I probably know bands who have played here, like jammed here, and I had no idea this was a thing. So absolutely, it's very cool. But I'm here with um, this is the whole group, right? All three of you. Oh yeah, members of uh, Velodrome. So yeah, thanks for having me at your uh, fancy little Great yeah, Exchange jam space. Thanks, totally. thanks for coming to us. And yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. Us come yeah. To you, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, well, I think that's one of the benefits of this too—is just portable recorder. You know, have recorder will travel kind of thing, and yeah. I can sort of talk to whoever, wherever works for them. So, yeah. um, I think the best way to sort of start things off here is if the three of you want to just identify your name and what you do in the band, and then we can sort of go from there. So people can put a name to the voice. Sure. Sounds good. My name's Dave. I play the drums. Uh, Daryl, uh, bass. And I'm Drew. I play guitar. Okay. And all three of you um, have been in a lot of other bands locally I mean, over the years. This is, uh, you're all kind of long-term veterans of the local scene, I guess, at this point. Yeah. Um, how long has this been a unit? Because I was looking back at the Bandcamp stuff, and there's some demos and things in there from four or five years ago at this point. Mm. So how long has Velodrome actually been 
a unit. Actually, almost three times that. Um, okay. Yeah, we've been together for about 12 years. Really? Yeah, since 2006. Uh, Daryl and I started up in March of, okay. of 2006, actually. Um, and they, we, we recorded a demo shortly after that. Um, okay. And then, yeah, it's been going for that long. That's a really it's a long, long time. time. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah, they were, they were a duo okay. for several years before you guys added Curtis. When did you guys add Curtis on guitar? Uh, that was 2013. Right. Um, yeah, we were a duo for up until then. And then okay. Um, actually, it turns out my the neighbor that I had in uh, back lane, like just directly across, yeah. uh, turned out to be this guy named Curtis, um, a.k.a. Blunders Public. I don't okay, know yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I always throw that in because, I mean, come on. You know. I don't know him personally, but I, mean, I definitely have heard his, his stuff. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a really creative dude. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, we, we hit it off immediately, started chatting. I think it was, he had a Don Caballero t-shirt on. Okay, that's a, that's a good uh, talking yeah, point, right? Yeah, like, yeah, My yeah. neighbor's got a Don Caballero t-shirt on. I should probably go chat with him. And then, yeah, so we, um, we chatted. I said, hey, you want to come jam with us sometime? And it just worked out really well uh, for us. Cool. And we just added him, turned from a duo to a trio. Okay. Yeah. And then how long did that version last before you got to this version that you you have now? How long did it last? Oh, you're asking the wrong guy. Bad, bad with numbers <laughs> and dates. Um, I think Curtis was in 2015, what? I think, okay. is when he departed. Yeah. Okay. A couple yeah. years, yeah. Uh, Curtis was having his third kid, and Drew had to fill in on some live shows. Okay. Yeah. Actually, he only had four days prepared for a, a live gig one time. Two days. Was yeah. it two days? No, yeah. it wasn't two. I don't think no. it was two. Yeah, it was. It was about two days. Well, I only had two days to actually put into practicing. Right. How, how did that go for you? Um, I was already a big fan of the band. Okay, so you're like, you ev familiar. Yeah. Ever since, because um, I, I remember when Daryl Daryl quit Ken Mode and mm -hmm. then started Velodrome, I was always a fan of the style. Like it was always like this master kind of like funk rock kind of rhythm section. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I could always. Um, as much as I loved it from an outsider, I could always see myself playing to it as well. So when they called me, um, when Curtis couldn't do a gig, it was like it was exciting to be put to the challenge of learning that yeah. material in just like a couple days. Um, and I mean, I had kind of a running dialogue of how the song sounded in my head, but had never sat down and learned it. So yeah. I liked the challenge of having to, to do all that homework in a short period. Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of gives you like a, it galvanizes your energy for the project and sure. I just stuck with it ever since then and we decided to write material and cool. we did an EP that came out just last year and just slowly doing shows since then to try and promote that. Cool, cool. And I, I hate asking this question but I have to ask everyone this question because it's, it's important I guess for, for me and for people listening to sort of to place you somewhere on the musical spectrum. So mm. I mean I have my ideas of what you sound like based on what I've heard but you know, if someone's like, oh, I hear, I hear you're in a band, what, how do you describe it? Like, what do, you, what do you call it in a way that sort of the, you know, the layman is going to get, right. like, are there are other artists you point to as kind of, you know, oh, if you like this, you might like us sort of thing? Or, yeah, how, how, do, you, how do you do that? I, actually, earlier this week, I tried to describe it to a coworker, and I said, it's like if Voivod ran into Sly and the Family Stone <laughs> in a back alley. Okay. Because okay. it's got that discordant vibe, it also has, like, like a, the funky the undertone of funk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did that did that did that make sense to the person you're talking to or? Uh, no, I got a little <laughs> laugh actually. Okay, but he had no idea. It was he's completely oblivious to the even the references. So okay, okay. Right. So, yeah. so boy, I didn't connect. It. Yeah, yeah. No, but I never I never give references. No. I never say you know. Do I, you say a genre though? Like do you, do you yeah. label it something? I usually start with instrumental. Okay, and then that throws people because they're like, wait, no singer? Like what? yeah, yeah. You got a fifty fifty whether someone would appreciate their. Sure. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Some of the time it's like oh very cool like I never hear about that. You yeah. Know? But meanwhile we're you know, immersed in that kind of stuff. Um, but no, I, just, I usually just say rock. Okay. Um, that's the easiest instrumental heavy rock, okay. I guess. Um, and then if they know, you know, if you're talking to a little bit more of a music fan, I sort of throw a progressive rock in there. Yeah. Um, that could go different ways, though, too. It depending could go depending who it is, they yeah. could be thinking of something totally. So I make sure to wrangle it in and say, like, right. you know, we are not, yes, we are not, right. whoever. Even though, you know, we love King Crimson and all sure. these prog sure. bands. But, um, but that's yeah. more the heavier, I guess, leaning towards the heavier side of prog versus right. they really kind of... 20-minute songs about wizards and fairies. And exactly, yeah. 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 Which, there's, there's a time and place for that, too. Oh, sure, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I think because it is an instrumental project, um, there's a, I think, at least for me, there's a push to keep things pretty economical. Okay. Like, not have a lot of repetition, not have a lot of meandering. Like, occasionally we'll write an eight-minute song. Yeah. But there's just as many two-minute songs as there is, like, five or six-minute songs. Okay. 
Um, one thing that I really appreciated from an outsider's perspective before I was in the band is just um, having these these small, compact, these dense songs with a lot of intricate riffs that are yeah. that are played in kind of sometimes in a linear way, but in a, in other ways in a in a more kind of like non traditional way as well. Okay. So I, I like that. Um, that yeah, it's experimental and and kind of avant garde, but also very direct. And I feel like we don't waste time. Um, kind of yeah, just meandering and overstaying our welcome sure. with any given part. Sure. I think that's important. Hmm. Does that come from um, Does that come from like a punk rock background for you guys? The, the, the wanting to be economical with your songs and wanting to make them kind of like hit hard and quick, or I mean, you know, I think overall it, it does, but like none of us would ever would ever cite any sort sure, of punk sure. bands kind of thing. Oh, and it doesn't sound like a punk band. I mean, right, it, right, but yeah. yeah, I'm just wondering if that's kind of where that creeps in, the, the idea I, of, of even being just economical. Th- the the independent aspect of like sure. writing songs together and all that, um, but no, I, like like Drew was saying, uh, simpler the better a yeah. lot of the time. But then again, you can you can complicate things as well. That's that's fine. But I, I think it kind of comes more around to like just being in bands like back in the day when yeah. when we were playing shows together yeah. and stuff. Um, just you know the Albert back in 1999 or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to throw that out there. <laughs> uh, just like getting up there and doing. Playing music that you want to play and writing yeah, songs sure. you want to want to hear, I think is the is kind of what we're all about. Yeah, nothing more complicated than that, really. That's a good reason to do it. Yeah, <laughs> obviously yeah. it's sustained as long as it has, probably because of that, right? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping the freedom there. And yeah. All that. Well, it's funny you mentioned the simplicity, and then you also mentioned how dense it is, and there is a lot. You know, listening to it, there's a lot going on. Um, mm-hmm. How how do how do you balance the two? How, how do you keep it simple while also keeping it like at that level of complexity? In terms of the actual music? Well, I mean, one thing that I, I knew that I couldn't do stepping into it is try to keep up with Daryl all the time okay. because I feel like him and I, there's a tendency to want to chase each other. So if he's playing a lot, I'll tend to lay off. Okay. Or if I'm playing a lot, I feel like he has a natural tendency to lay off. And I feel like Dave is kind of the gatekeeper between Daryl and I. Right. To okay. kind of keep, okay. um, yeah, just kind of like establish a net to, to keep it all together. Right. So it's... It's got some stickiness, like some sticky fingers between Daryl and I. Are those but, decisions um, made like when you're jamming? You sort of feel it just it feels or? super intuitive. Like I mean, Daryl and I have been jamming since like Hide Your Daughters. Okay. Uh, like early two thousands, and I was always a big fan of what he did with Ken Mo yeah, as for well. Sure, yeah. And so I just feel like between him and I, there's a natural intuition, and and with with watching these two play as a duo for like several years before I was ever in it like yeah. I had a certain perception of how they work so the idea for me was to like never clutter it or to get or or to disturb their chemistry but more just to add to it and 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 treat it more from a textural point of view cuz okay. it's like I can bring in tons of riffs but I know they have a lot of riffs too and I don't want to pollute it with too much of my personality like I I like the idea of them being like a rhythm section, and okay. I can kind of sprinkle things. Do you like any color on top, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Is that how you guys see it as well? Do you, do you see it as your sort of the, the the rhythm unit kind of driving things, and then he's sort of coloring it or, or, or adding texture is a good word for it, I guess. You know, actually, when we added Curtis initially, we were looking for a, a new angle kind of okay. thing. We were a duo for a long time, um, and we were coming to a point where we need some kind of change. We need something. Uh, something else. We were thinking I, I think we're kind of reaching a cul-de-sac, really. Okay. Was, kind of, yeah. We're almost at the end. Yeah. And then there was this fresh element who didn't come from a rock background, was able to yeah. establish these really um, like idiosyncratic ideas into the fold that sure. I never even considered. Just because you came from a background that's um, that doesn't come from... It's not rhythmic, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, public is not really rhythmic yeah. in the... Traditional sense. Well, then I guess as a two-piece so, rhythm section too, you guys are nothing but rhythmic, right? So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And the way Daryl plays, I mean, we we thought maybe we asking Curtis. We were talking about it early on, just sort of saying like, yeah, do you want to be like kind of a back, not a background player, but almost keep Daryl the lead on bass, okay. and then you're you're almost an accompanying accompanying aspect to the bass, like okay, cool, the main. Cool. That's kind of the was the angle at that point. And I think when Drew came on, um, he was doing that, but then he added a little bit more of the um, lead kind of aspect sure. um, to, to sort of bring bring himself up with Daryl. Um, we kind of want to bring in Eddie Van Halen a little. Yeah, we want yeah. To let someone yeah. could let loose a little more. Yeah. yeah, we actually emailed him. He didn't. He yeah, didn't no, he's, I think he's busy. Yeah, he might be busy. Yeah. Yeah. Is there kind of a, uh, <laughs> a definite lead? 
player on, on each of the songs, or is it all, I mean, like, is there a song where, you know, bass is, is leading or guitar is leading, or is it sort of mixed throughout? It feels, like, pretty transparent. Like, I mean, I know I said earlier I don't want to disturb the rhythm yeah, section yeah, too yeah. much, but I, I feel like listening to it, it, it feels like a quilt. Okay. Like, it, everything is very interwoven, and it's hard to tell who wrote any given song, like, there's kind of inside jokes between all of us, little references that we all know, but when I listen to the record, it's like I can't tell if Daryl wrote that riff okay, or cool. I yeah, wrote yeah. that and he responded to what I wrote. Like, mm-hmm. To me, it sounds like it's a very sound tapestry. Like it doesn't... Um, and, and what you said earlier, at, when people ask for references or what does it sound like, it's tough for me to answer it. Like he mentioned Voivod, yeah. Van Halen, uh, like Soundgarden, Caius. Like those are references that I can hear, but... When I think of all the co-mingling factors, like I can't distill it, and I think that's a good thing. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I said this before, I think in a Facebook post. It to me, it just sounds like a lot of. To me, it sounds like Winnipeg. Like okay. there's a element of like prairie fire to it that I, I that I hear all through all throughout okay. it. And um, yeah. uh, as as much as it's um, sweet enough for the girls, it should be hard enough for the boys too. Like <laughs> I, that's always to me like a good motto. Right. There okay. should be some some melody to, to maybe hook someone that doesn't come from like the wrong side of the tracks. Sure, you know what sure, I mean? Like yeah. it, it should have an element of sweetness and, but also be badass at the same time. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't right. write those stevia riffs. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> to whatever genre we're talking about, Winnipeg's sound, because this has come up a lot on the show, mm. especially actually when talking to uh, like country artists and bluegrass artists and stuff, is that they all seem to have, not all, but Winnipeg seems to have a lot of interest in that kind of music, but they like it with an edge, they like it with a bit of a grit and grime, right. and like maybe someone singing off key or something, and like some, there's something broken about it, right? So mm. like, do you feel that in what you do, there's like, what makes it Winnipeg, I guess? What, what gives it a Winnipeg sound? Mm. Especially as an instrumental group, you can't you can't hear the accent right coming through in the in the vocals yeah. because there's no vocals. But I th- it just feel it feels like very insular. Like okay. the the I, the idea that um, Winnipeg's isolated. There's a lot of touring packages that don't come here. Yeah. It forces people to kind of make their own fun and maybe listen to records in their collection that they haven't touched in a long time. I, I think living here inspires people to kind of dig deep. I think so. Yeah. With with what they're trying to express or come across with and. 
there's really not a lot of money to be made here with it because of the isolation. So it's like it has to turn into this like pleasure device where you're like just making a mixtape for your for, for yourself yeah. or your own bandmates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to have fun with it. Um, but yeah, because it's there's this freedom and in, in isolation. It's like it's it never feels like oh you know like we can never really make a wrong move with it. Like we have such good chemistry together. And it feels like friends getting together to yeah. to kind of shoot the shit, uh, as opposed to like, oh, this is this jam where we have to perform. Like it just feels well, like friends chore, coming right? together. Yeah, 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 not a chore That's at all. Good, yeah. And um, and because of that, we're never afraid to kind of like fall in each other's face. Like we're never we're never afraid to like fall in like eat shit in front of each other. Okay. At the, at like when we jam together. Yeah. Like if we're not finding a groove or a pocket, or if I'm having trouble you know, coming up with, like, a melody over something that they have established. Like, there's there's always that, uh, there's a vulnerability in that we're, we're not, a, you know, we're always there for each other right. kind of thing. And, and it's like, if, 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 if I make a wrong move, well, it's like, let's make 50 wrong moves and see what happens. Like, you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Like, and that turns into a right move, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. There, I, I, like, does, yeah. I yeah. like the idea of that it's, there's a, a safety net and that we're all friends, but we it also gives the freedom to kind of, like, really get into some unsafe territory like sure. something that's experimental that we've never tried before sure you know i, I would just add that uh i think what the three of us are doing is we're like basically augmenting what we've already done so elements of eq husk ken mode have been like distilled and basically we're trying to evolve that sound okay so we've gone from being you know hard rocking juveniles to like adults that now know how to properly um, harness that sound a little more. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, with the, like, with the tones and even the writing. I feel the writing has gotten a lot better for me over the years. Okay. In, in, in my capability in executing it, so. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's it, it's an evolution of that early angst. Sure, yeah. Right? Yeah. Just distilled through all the years and different bands and different projects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it hasn't really changed that much, but it's, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Do you, uh, how does, how are, how are the songs written in this group? Like, I hate. To, I feel bad asking this about instrumental bands, and I have a lot when I've had instrumental bands on the show. And it's not really fair because I mean, bands with vocalists, they have the same challenges and issues and and structures for writing songs. But it mm -hmm. seems like when you have a singer and when you're doing something that's, I guess, more, I don't want to say pop, but more kind of in that standard traditional sort of mode, the structures of the songs and the writing of the songs seems maybe it's a little more obvious of how it's put together because oh here's the chorus here's the verse and not to say that instrumental bands don't have that or can't have right. that but it seems a little bit less maybe clear to the average listener how, how this is put together so is, is there a lot of improvisation like once you have the song sorted out or is it pretty much this is set here's this part here's this riff here's this part um, yeah we have never been a fan of that traditional kind of song right. structure first chorus kind of thing um so yeah we we kind of just it's almost different every time but kind of the same because we either have one riff or a chain of two or three riffs and yeah. we we decide on lengths together we decide if we want to cut it short or play three instead of four okay. or it's it's all kind of just talking to each other trying things and trying things out um there's not a ton of like super structured like Okay, this is how it's going to be. Right. And the songs change too, like um, over the course of the months that we or weeks, whatever that we write them. Okay. Um, but no, it's it's definitely collaborative, hundred percent collaborative. Okay. Um, but usually it kind of starts with one riff and we kind of build it, and sometimes that riff completely disappears. Sure. We start somewhere and we end up somewhere completely different. Other times it, you know, keeps coming back. But I don't know what do you guys what do you guys think? Yeah, sometimes I, I have an idea and it's. Um... Dave plays a beat that doesn't mesh with my idea, okay. and then there's a happy accident with the guitar, right. and then you're on the on this new trajectory, and it changes the style and the feeling of the song, okay. and it ends up being something totally cool. That's happened a number of times where you've had a, a sort of a more concrete idea of, of a direction you want for a song. I'll try a couple beats out. I'll like something that I'm doing, and then you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to completely change what I was doing, and then we end up writing a tune. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. I like the idea too that it's the habit is no habit, okay. and that sometimes they'll have one or two riffs that I'll write guitar for that they already have kind of some pre-established beats, or sometimes I'll 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 plant a flag and I'll have a couple riffs and Daryl will write bass lines to mine. So there's always sure. like kind of a give and take. It's kind of cool to write new material with 
these guys, but it's also interesting to pick old songs that were written just as a duo and add guitar later as right. like condiments or sprinkles on top. I guess that adds a completely different dimension to it. Right? Yeah, because like, yeah. yeah. on one hand you have completely new terrain structurally and, and you're writing all these pieces together and then I also appreciate being kind of caged where okay. it's like, okay, here's a song we wrote a long time ago as a duo, so write, write whatever you want over top. So it, it forces me to be creative you know, in a way that I wouldn't think of. Sure. But, um, but yeah, because it's instrumental and there's nobody that's trying to really sing anything over top of it, we have so much freedom to explore structure yeah. and, and melody and dissonance. Like, I feel like sometimes there's, it's almost too open. Like, there's too many options and <laughs> right. there's potential for all kinds of tangents. But, but that's the beauty of, of that, is that you can explore those things and, and there's no one to tell you that, it, that you shouldn't do sure, it. Sure, yeah, yeah. Know? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. We weren't always instrumental, though. No? Dave used to do That's true, sporadic yeah. vocals. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. Talk, we're talking, like, yeah, eight years ago or so. Um, like, our first uh, CD that came out had vocals on it. How that, uh, um, why did it stop, I guess? Why did the vocals? Uh, well, they were always sparse. They okay. were always, like, you know, I'd do vocals for maybe the first minute, minute and a half of the tune, and then yeah. the next four minutes would be completely jammed out instrumental. Okay, okay. Um, I, I always just liked the vocals as, like, a addition, sort of like a... Um, and and also pull back in the mix too. Sure. I specifically wanted that for the for the recordings, for to, for it not to be the focus whatsoever, for it to just be another instrument. And even like stylistically, I was not enunciating like exact syllables. Okay. You know, I was kind of okay. doing more of a, a thing. Um, but no, I think after the first record, uh, I was just kind of done with it. I just decided, you know, writing these new songs. I thought about writing lyrics and adding vocals, and the whole idea just didn't appealed to me so okay. i said you know what why don't we just not do that and i think you were like yeah sure that's fine so we just moved it moved ahead without and haven't looked back how do you this is maybe a stupid question but how do you name songs that don't have vocals like i mean because that seems like the obvious mm. way to, to name a song is you take something from the chorus or you take a line from it even. Sure, yeah. but so i mean when you're writing an instrumental song do you is there an idea in mind about what the song is about mm. or is it just here's the music and then name it whatever um, all the song titles are pretty much like it's either an inside joke or you know um, a cool combination of words. That's okay. about it. Okay. There's, there, there's no there's no agenda, no platform with yeah. the, the song yeah. titles. Always comes after. Always yeah. After. Okay. Yeah. It could be something simple as um, a figure, like a, a person in history that someone's reading about. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. like one of the newer songs is called Valerius Geist, which okay. is um, a Canadian. Uh, born kind of like archaeologist type that tracks like animal movement patterns oh, cool. like uh, prehistoric animals and things like that and, and an elk too or something yeah yeah just tracks <laughs> tracks those types of animals and the fact that he's canadian and just has such a um kind of like demonic sounding name valerius yeah, it's Geist, a good name, like yeah. very heavy definitely heavy like Romanian kind of that could be a band right yeah it could be a band exactly like Actually, romantic german kind of yeah or something yeah. right it reminded us of Zebulon Pike. I don't know if you okay. know that. Okay, that sounds really familiar. Yeah, what is that? Uh, they're, they're a heavy band from Minneapolis. Okay, that's why I forgot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, also instrumental and yeah. super, like, huge ideas in that band. Cool. Essentially a stoner rock band, but way more than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just that that's an American, like, historical figure, I think. Zebulon right. Pike. Yeah, it's like a civil war. It's a great name, yeah, or something, yeah. Zebulon. Totally. It's a really good name, yeah. 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 But yeah, usually it's like from a, it could be a movie or an actor okay. or some writer that we're, one of us is, is exploring. Um, yeah, it's almost like a diary of, of just inside jokes. Yeah, like Daryl said. Yeah, well, anything funny really. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make us laugh. Where do you think you fit in um, within the local music scene? I mean, I know you've obviously been in other bands for a long time, but this has been in the group for a while, as you said. Yeah. And like, do you think that there are other bands that you sort of have a kinship with that you you know would fit really well with on a bill, or are you just happy to play with whoever? Is there sort of a little micro? Because there's so many stupid mini scenes within for mini sure. scenes within yeah. mini scenes. And I'm just mentally trying yeah. to file you guys away somewhere, you know? That's that's tough. I mean, we've known other bands for sure. Like, and stylistically, we've played all kinds of different yeah. shows. Um, I mean, instrumental bands kind of come to the forefront, like... Of course, yeah. And smaller groups, too. Um, that kind of fits. And I guess there's, like, some sort of a very, very tiny, like... And the term is horrendous, but math rock right. scene. Right, right. Um, and I hate to call us that, but I... When you say that to certain people, they're like, oh, I know exactly what you're they talking about. Do they click some? Yeah, 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 yeah. Time yeah. signature thing, whatever. Yeah. Um, so maybe those kinds of bands in, okay. in the city. Um, 
But other than that, yeah. I mean, we've, we've known, like, the Kenwell guys for years. Yeah, of course. Well, that um, makes sense you were in the band. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of in the band, this guy. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, he's right. been in Kenwell. Right, right. Well, I think Kenwell's had, like, 700 bass players at this point, right? Like, I, yeah, yeah, 702, I think, yeah. by, by my last count. Um, yeah. it, it just, to me, it feels like it's just, like, a group of our friends. Like, yeah. So... Contemporaries of yeah, Ken Mode, Electro Quarter Staff, Laviv, I would say. Right. Yeah. AM Overcast. We, we enjoy playing uh, with the Peaches whenever they want. Yeah, yeah. Peaches yeah. were great. Um, even there was a certain line in the sand too with with propaganda. Even after they did that, was it today's ashes? Tomorrow's today's, today's empire. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's ashes. ashes. Yeah. Like yeah. the material from that point onward, at least for me, marked. Oh yeah, you can, there's a path. huge difference. Yeah, it's the the um, popular fat record stuff, and then they just got heavy and they got really technical. And yeah, 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 yeah just just amazing. All that guitar interplay yeah. and the the giant sons. I, 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 it was yeah. real obvious to me why Beef was kind of inducted totally. into that band. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and to hear those guys work together is a big deal. I, I think I think I think those records that, that those two worked on together, like Chris and Beef, mm -hmm. like from a guitar player's perspective, like can still be felt and heard. Well, those are my yeah, favorite yeah. propaganda records. That, that there's two or three the later period yeah. stuff. Yeah, is, is my yeah. favorite yeah. too.
for well, sure. Well, I mean, maybe that's a good segue. Uh, you guys are playing a show with Agassi. Yeah. Do you think that yeah. they're a good fit with, with you guys? I, mean, I yeah. was going to mention Agassi. Yeah. yeah, we've been wanting to play with them since they um, kind of came on the scene, I guess. Yes. Um, they haven't played out a lot. No, I remember seeing them at that propaganda show at the, uh, yeah. the, the Garrick. Was it Garrick? I don't know, wherever it was. And yeah, it, right, was, right. it, it was awesome. They're great. Yeah, I saw that gig too. It was, it was yeah. really cool. They I mean, huge both, sound. Yeah, like yeah. Just, they filled the entire room. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah, and yeah so that, I guess that, that I can see that being a good... Good yeah. for you guys. I mean, I, I I remember messaging Ryan immediately, like, you, you guys sound awesome, let's do a gig, and then it just sort of never got its footing until yeah. until this gig coming up on January 19th, right. 2019. And is that, that's the Agassi <laughs> record release, right? Is that yeah, they're releasing their uh, their LP. Cool. And, uh, is it, it's called Pulse, I think? Yeah, I forget the, the exact, there's a number and a, a letter. Pulse and A1 or 1A? Something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. One a, I think, yeah. yeah. And the leftists are opening as well. Cool, so, okay, uh, okay. Really cool yeah. power pop Definitely, trio. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mike Coop, of course, long... Uh, yeah, long time Winnipeg. Like third uh, year member yeah. of... <laughs> yeah. I've, we've only got 20 years, probably. Uh, but he's, pretty he's good got still, 30, 35. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Does, uh, I mean, as, as people who have been in the scene for as long as you, you all have... Um, how does it feel playing shows with some of these bands that are coming up that are like 20 years old and stuff, right? Mm. I mean, do you think that they... What's the way to be? I'm not trying to say you guys are old, because I'm the same <laughs> age as you, I'm sure. But, um, like, do you, is there a difference? Do you, I mean, when, when you hear younger bands, like, they obviously are coming from a lot of different influences, a lot of the same ones, too. Mm. But, I mean, just kind of the way the music scene is when they're starting out versus in the 90s and everything. Do, do, do you notice a difference, like, when you're playing with some of these bands? Or is it all kind of everyone's cool, we're... All friends, uh, everyone gets along, or is there sort of uh, sound-wise or personality-wise, or and the reason I ask is because I've on this show I've had people who are seventy, I've had people who are eighteen, and everywhere in between, and I feel like um, just sort of the approach toward making music for a lot of the people who are younger. I mean, I'm thirty-six, like you know, I haven't been in bands in a long time, but I definitely had the '90s Albert kind of experience growing up and everything too, right? right. And just the, the way people are approaching, whether it's even recording, releasing music. It just seems like a, almost a different universe to me, like the way their their mindset is. Like, have you experienced that at all? Or? Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess we feel kind of like uh, isolated from from that even. Sure. Um, because we we tend to play like once a year. Right. So you're not um, always playing shows with all these new bands. That's stuff. the yeah, thing. Yeah. We play yeah. maybe twice yeah. a year. Right. Three times is like pushing it. Um, but even lately, in the last few years, we've been really just um, jamming, writing, and recording, and not really playing live a lot. Okay. So okay. it's something that we don't really maybe notice. Um, could you could you name some bands off the top of your head, maybe? Not without I don't want to shit on anybody, <laughs> but like I, no no please no no. There's I, not a recording device in the room. Yeah no at no all. not no. <laughs> I, I, I don't mean in a negative way. I just think that like um, they're, they're, I guess they're, I guess the way I was trying to say is there are bands who seem to be now because of the way the internet is because of the way people are releasing music. Mm. They're more they're very very concerned with professionalism over kind of just the, the joy of playing, which you guys have, have talked about, where they, right. they want to seem like a, a very serious band. They got t-shirts made before they played a show. Yeah. And just, it's all presentation versus, you know, what you guys have been describing is just, you enjoy playing music together. You've done it for a long time. You like to experiment and see what bounces off each other. And it seems like almost that is lost with a lot of like younger bands. Not all of them, of course. Right. Because they, the, the way that music is marketed and the way DIY has changed yeah. kind of makes them want to focus on on the the image more than the the present substance. the yeah. presentation yeah yeah and keeping yourself in that constant news cycle right and that means playing shows constantly and stuff too because right. you always yeah. want to be on everyone's mind and yeah there, there's a couple ways to think about it like i mean when a band like van halen started they were a cover band and they knew 300 cover songs sure. and they play every party in every backyard but they're also they'd also write their own material at the same time so they developed this huge fan base that's a story in and of itself mm -hmm. But nowadays, I'm, I'm seeing what you're talking about and that there's a lot of people that are more interested in, in the idea of being in a band than actually being in a band yeah, that's, yeah. that's doing something that's original and interesting because at its best, a band feels like being in like the best gang of all time. For sure. You know, yeah. where you can kind of put your mark or your stain of creativity on everything and it, it's a legacy that can last forever. And I don't know, that's nothing that should be taken lightly. So yeah, for me, I get fatigued personally when I see bands that are just constantly promoting themselves and it makes me wonder like if you're so busy promoting yourselves like is there is there like a real deep essence to what you're doing yeah because you have enough time to, to right. work on that yeah, yeah. yeah I think there's something to be said for mystique and and kind of avoiding that type of social spotlight 
to keep people wondering what you're up to. Sure. Like, I think of the way, like, to bring up punk rock, like, a, a big influence for me was Black Flag. And, yeah, And just sure. the way they did things. And they operated on a level where they were, like, five years ahead of everybody. Like, when, when they were almost secretive about playing the My War stuff. Yeah. So no one could copy it. Um, and those that record's still amazing. Like it's still yeah, it's, yeah. And 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 they and they were touring and, and playing and promoting as much as they could, but they were super protective of what they were doing because they didn't want anyone ripping it off and yeah, very protective of those kernels like that music. But yeah, I I, I, I am definitely irritated personally when when it seems like a band is just more about the promotional element as opposed to like hey let's keep them guessing and sure. let's let's make them wait three months before we play or post anything and. Build anticipation. Which seems more like the style you guys are doing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'd like to add that uh, there's there's probably bands in the city, and I won't name names, that are um, probably trying to tap into a similar vein of us. Yeah. But I think they're doing it in kind of a disingenuous and pretentious way. How so? Like, what's pretentious, I guess, about uh, the way they, they do it? Uh, it? It just, like, reeks of inauthentic. Like, it's not inauthentic to me. Okay. I, I don't know. That's this kind of what I was saying though too. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely a feeling from some bands, and I won't name names. No, of course, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not gonna like try to uh, hurt anyone's feelings. Yeah, or anything, but, yeah. But to me, I, I've seen bands and they're they're younger bands, and um, I just I just can't get into it because it, to me it's a uh, it just uh, rubs me the wrong way. Okay. Do you care about playing to the audience that that is into those kind of bands, or is that just not even a concern? You just play to whoever's gonna. Whoever shows up, really. Yeah. We're just thankful yeah. that maybe 20 yeah. people show up and yeah. bang their head, you know? So. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's always the biggest compliment when, when especially people in bands, you really like, enjoy your stuff. That's the best, yeah, yeah, for to sure. To me, that's yeah. the best compliment. Or, or even if someone's not in a band, but just like a someone who is like deeply into music. Yeah. And will take the time out of their schedule to come see you play at like 1 a.m. Yeah, When yeah. you're like the last band. And you, know. Well, you know they've taken the time to actually listen and then f- get their impression of what you're all about and everything. Right. Like that. Yeah, because I mean, now there's just so much potential for distraction. Yeah, and, and oh, yeah. there's there's so many facets of entertainment and virtual reality and all and all this stuff that's that's coming out where it's it's becoming like a lost art. I think for some people to just sit down on on a bed and listen to a record, yeah, or, yeah. like some people just can't. That's not stimulating enough for them. Like mm-hmm. we're at a point where. Such such arousal is needed to to get a rise out of people. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's like the the snippets generation where you don't even listen to a full album, you listen to a couple of songs, thirty seconds. And, yeah, yeah, like a half a song, and you flip to the next thing. Yeah, right. Because yeah. I think people want to absorb too much information. They want that overload. Well, because it's all there now, right? I guess yeah. the difference is, but like when we were younger, it, you, you had what you had. You had the tapes you had, and yeah. that's all you're listening to because you don't have anything else except for the radio. That's right. And now it's just you press a button. Literally every song ever is, is there. It's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. For for me, it was uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. My mom had this like, well, green shag carpet in one room and then purple in the other room. Okay. I had this cassette player. I used to just sit in the corner and it was like, um, red chili peppers, the best of. And that's, that's, I'm not a huge fan of them now, that's but back awesome. then I used yeah. to love the yeah. red chili peppers. There's something about when, like, when the, how Flea was, was mixed and his, yeah, his yeah. style, it, it really struck For a chord. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, a, I wouldn't call myself a fan of those guys either, but I respect. All the musicians have been great. Yeah, like, I mean Anthony Kiedis, he just kind of says yeah, like yeah, but I've been doing stuff over and over again, and he kind of ruins them. But like yeah, the, the, the players are right. Yeah, Fleet especially is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had uh, I had Uplift Mafo Party Plan. Yeah, yeah. An early record from Columbia House. That's how I got my first taste to a lot of heavy that, music. Yeah. Was like the tapes from Columbia. For sure, I still have, I still have a bunch of those. Yeah. So do I. I, I do too. Yeah. 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 I still got like Bad Motor Finger. Yeah, I have that Super from the, unknown yeah. on on tape. I got yeah, both of those from know. Columbia House as well. I still have <laughs> them too. Yeah, yeah. And you also have Frog Stomp. I have that I also. Didn't I mean, quite I get s- into I that. Still, but I mean, you know. Yeah. I still have it on tape. Frog stuff. Yeah. Oh, silver chair. Silver chair. Yeah.
when you're recording an EP or an album, is the sequencing important? I mean, are you, are you, you know, when you're structuring the, the order of the songs, is that taken into account? And the reason I ask is because normally, you know, not normally, but in the past, almost always that would have been the case. But now because everyone's on Spotify and whatever else, and they're listening to, if even a full song, listening to just part of it and skimming to something else, like, is there an importance to the way that you plan out your, the, the set list, I guess, of the album? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think as we're writing the songs and preparing to record, we're all naturally thinking of the order, yeah. like when we're at jams, just running through everything. But it's like arranging a paragraph or an essay or something. It's like the, the paragraphs have to come in the right order and certain key changes have to sound either sweet or sour, sure. depending on, on how we want it to sound and transition. And uh, I think we're all pretty intuitive with what songs should go where. Like mm -hmm. you, maybe there'll be a couple ideas on the sequencing, but... I feel like we're all on the same page with okay. it, but yeah, I, there is a, there is a set order. Just like the riffs in in the individual songs have to be in a certain arrangement, those songs should also be arranged. I, I always I compare it to writing. It's sure, yeah, you know, yeah. putting it all together. It's all part of the whole, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes we'll we'll think when we're recording, we want two songs to transition um, like from one to the other. Sure. So, like on our our last record, we did that a couple times where um, we had like sort of segues between tunes. Okay. Um, it's like, and one of them, actually, it was Curtis's idea to get the key from uh, the end of the last song to, the, the, like, to change, shift the note so that it starts at the next Oh, thing. cool. Yeah, and he created, like, an ambient interlude where he altered the notes to get to that, the note in the, the next song. Cool, mm -hmm. cool. Kind of gradually over maybe two minutes or something. Yeah. Or however long that is. So that's the kind of thing, I guess, that rewards listening to the thing from start to finish. As an album. Go, yeah, going through the whole. That's yeah. cool. We're all fans of that, too. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I press play on a record and I flip it and I... Yes, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not a shuffle whole... guy either. No, I, I don't know. No, right. Um, like, I mean, there's, there's something to be said about making yourself a mixtape for, mm -hmm. uh, like, going oh, to the yeah. gym or whatever, but I, I've always been an album listener. I always like to... Th I like to idealize that the band wrote all these songs as, like... As, he, as a as, as, piece, as right? it's yeah. a special like yeah. It, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't be on the record if it didn't need to be there at least right. I like to think that bands have that perspective well, hope, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I I love uh, the experience of being taken on that journey and to where you've kind of lost track of time by, yeah. the, by the time it's three quarters over or whatever yeah. totally. you know if you're taking that to, into account when you're writing and recording how do you kind of juggle that with the way that people are probably going to be listening to it, which is unfortunately going to be a snippet at a time. Like, is there a way that you kind of have to make sure the songs stand alone as individual pieces rather than being part of a whole? I mean, especially if you've got those transitions and things you're talking about. Hmm. Uh, how do you take that and then also make it kind of consumable as an individual piece? Because that's probably how the average listener is going to, going to take it, right? Right. I think, I think there's either going to be selective listeners or there's going to be like... Um, Deep listeners of the sure. art, you know. So I, I don't know if we—that's outside of my control. Right. It's but once yeah. it's out there, it's it's someone else's. It's yeah. But, but I know what you're getting at like, yeah. in the like the snippet generation. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't it, want this to be old man yells at clouds because I mean the podcast yeah. definitely can get that way sometimes because <laughs> you know depending who I'm talking to. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the older older we're all getting, the that's the more I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling that more and more. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. talking to to younger people like it. I never understood it, of course, when I was that age. I was thinking like, what's your problem old yeah, man i know, you know? Yeah, yeah and but it's like okay well now now that i'm not not quite there yet but i'm getting there yeah. and I'm, I'm realizing that more and more it's uh kind of interesting so it's like it's something that we just don't even don't even consider yeah. um at all i don't think when we're creatively when we're writing i think the stuff we write too i i feel like it's um we just have a deep instinct for when things are wrapped up and things okay. are over it's almost like a conversation between friends like you kind of know when you go over to someone's house, okay, two, three hours, it's time to go. Yeah. Like, I think we just have that with songs. Like, okay, we got four or five riffs. They've gone in these directions. They've swam upstream and downstream and crossstream. And we, we just know when things are over. It's like a conversation. Um, I think also it's the, the kind of music where if you take the time, you'll get the reward. Like, if, if I listen to something on my way to work, I'm not going to notice the detail work that I would if I sat down on my bed sure, and yeah, closed my yeah. eyes and listened to yeah, it. Yeah, that makes so sense. So I think there's like a certain like knee-jerk way that I think the music comes across where there's like a lot of angular beatdowns and stuff, but there's mm. also like a lot of sweet texture in it. There's, there's detail work in the corners. It's like noticing a nice paint job in an apartment. Like you can walk in and kind of superficially look things over. Oh, this is nice. But if you actually take a look in the corners, like 
there's some interesting detail work, and I think this kind of music is the same. That makes sense, yeah. Like if I'll, you actually like take, that analogy if you take the time, like yeah. you, you notice it. I always take a look at the the ceiling to see what's on the ceiling. Right. Yeah, there's like splotches of the the wrong color on the ceiling. Yeah, done yeah. a bad job. So <laughs> that's, that's a good analogy, though. I mean, I mean, especially for for the kind of music you guys play, it makes it totally makes sense. Right, because like if you're just like on your way to uh, some bank job, it's like all these riffs blowing by you. Like it can be kind of overwhelming. Um, but if you take the time to to just give all your attention to it, kind of like the people playing it. Yeah. Then I, hopefully, people will, will reap the reward that, that we we get from it. Right. You know? And I guess once it's out there, it's out of your hands anyway, right? So however people are going to interpret it and however they're going to listen, yeah. Because it's 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 gone. Dropping right? a lead bomb on people. Yeah. Like, hey, we're, hey, we're done with it. Yeah. Like, it's up yeah. to you guys now whether you like it or not. Yeah. Right? Okay. So the show you're playing, which is happening Saturday. Yes. Uh, what are the details of that again? Just to remind people uh, where they should go and who yeah. they're going to see. It's at the Handsome Daughter. Um, <laughs> it's January 19th, Saturday. Uh, the leftists are opening, um, and we were playing also with Agassiz. Um, so it'll be a trio of trios. Yeah, that's pretty um, cool. Which is kind of cool. And uh, yeah, I think, I don't even know what covers. I think it's 10. Um, and that's about it, really. If you feel like actually leaving your house, please, yeah. by all means. It's going to be supposed to be minus yeah. 35 with oh, the wind chill, but... Yeah. It's Winnipeg, though. People go out in that all the time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Not... Yeah, you gotta yeah. work for it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Everyone should just get together and, like, form a big ball and yeah. just roll yeah. to the show. It's like a big circle like those penguins are protecting the eggs and just kind of all shuffle along together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People should definitely waddle to the show. They yeah. should, for Stumble, sure. Stumble, yeah. even. They can yeah. stumble. And then if uh, someone's hearing you for the first time on this podcast and they want to hear more of your music, what's the best uh, option for them to find that? Uh, we're on Bandcamp. We've got all of our recordings on Bandcamp. Um, it's the bandvelodrome.bandcamp.com. Okay. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We don't do a ton of social media stuff. Um, well, you don't so do a ton of shows either, right? It's kind of the mystique yeah. of it, I guess. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. showing up every once in a while and then suddenly right. playing a show, yeah. The LP Velocity Trials likely would be available, what, Music Trader, I would think it's Yeah, I there. think it's still... Um, into the Music, into I the guess music it's Osborne, yeah, yeah. yeah, I guess is what it is now. Uh, yeah, there's copies there for sure. Okay. Um, we'll sell them at, at our gig, too. Um, our latest EP is, only, is strictly digital. Okay. Um, because vinyl is just ridiculous expensive, to yeah. produce, yeah. Yeah. and at our, our level, it's kind of tough to uh, justify. Sure. Um, well, if you're playing shows twice again. a year, you probably don't have a lot of options yeah. to sell it because you're not playing shows constantly with merch tables, right? So, yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's kind of hard for grants too, and it's hard for, to get totally. money. It's like, oh, we're like this weird uh, instrumental rock band. Do you want to pay for our record? Yeah. It's you know yeah. labels are kind of it's kind of a tough thing, but yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, Bandcamp would be the place. Cool. And then as far as upcoming shows, uh, I mean, obviously you have this one, and I know you don't play a lot, but do you have anything sort of planned for the relatively near future, or is that still we, up in the air? We, we're, we're probably two songs or so shy of being ready to record another EP again, okay. so we have loose plans to hopefully do another recording maybe later this year, if we can get the time and the money together, but we'll probably play again, I would think, in the like early summer. Like, usually... It will at least take at least a few months off to kind of get another set together. Cool. We like each yeah. show to be kind of a unique experience. Um, not never play the same set twice or yeah. uh, add maybe a different section to an existing song. Like okay. always make it a, a bit of a, a unique thing. Cool, cool. Okay, awesome. Well, yeah, if people want to check out your music, they should first of all go to the show, check out the band camp, do all of that. Uh, if you want to hear more episodes of this show, you go to witchpolice.com. All 350 whatever episodes are there for free download and streaming. Uh, you can also tune in on Sunday nights at midnight to UMFM, and those are old episodes of the show, like kind of a second wind. So, I mean, we're recording this now in January. It might not air till May or something, at which point, you know, that show's over. But you guys might have something else coming up on the horizon or maybe yeah. a recording or whatever. So it's kind of a cool little extra bonus for people who missed it the first time. I mean, it's always online, but, you know, you have to be driving your car at midnight on Sunday, turn on the radio. Maybe they'll want to go check out your records. Hey, I've heard you on the radio. Have you? On the at actual? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right oh, on, right sure. on. Oh, I'm glad someone's listening. And shows that I've, I've heard before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I never know if anyone's listening, right? At midnight, because I've turned it on and like, oh, hey, it's me. I'm on the radio. But yeah. you can, You're competing with George Norrie or whatever. Well, I know, I know, I know. It's that prime. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough spot, right? I mean, yeah. coast to coast is, is a behemoth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, I've been on the radio at night, too, where you, it's like you're just talking to inmates and recluses. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in that category, so. Yeah. That's how I got turned on to like a ton of bands as a kid. I, I used to listen to uh, John McGowan do Eclectic Seizures. Okay. Play tons of obscure psychedelic and, and, and prog rock from the 70s. Like cool. stuff I would have never unearthed or cool, cool. knew never about. Found, so, yeah. yeah, like what you're doing is a lost art. It's a good thing. Well, thanks, yeah. I'm, yeah. Glad, I'm glad I could talk to you guys. Uh, yeah. you know, it's a fun conversation. 
Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Thanks, thanks again for having me. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having us.